and I'm going to avoid making any food analogies for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay, I'm into that. It's, I'm, into I'm that. just going to slowly start to phase that shit out. And, okay. uh, you know, people think they got us pegged, but they don't, you know? Hey, yeah. you know what? What the fuck? What the fuck are we supposed to do, right? You try, uh-huh. it's like talking about artwork, you know? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, of course. Like, uh, I don't know. You motherfuckers get together for, you know, 80 fucking episodes and talk about five to seven bands per clip and keep it fucking fresh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think that's a fair point. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yo, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Demo Listen. I'm Gray. I'm joined as always by my co-host, Nathan. We do a very simple show in which we listen to punk, hardcore, and punk and hardcore adjacent music that people send in to us. It's typically our first time hearing the release in question, and we just give our honest reactions on it. We're not uh, reviewers. We're not critics. Uh, we do not uh, attempt to make any sort of objective value judgments about what we hear for the most part. We just really like punk and hardcore music and all of the ad- adjacent and related minutia of the genre, so we do our best to put new and interesting stuff in front of people and hopefully encourage people to go out buy stuff engage with new stuff as it comes out go see shows again when that becomes a possibility sometimes we like stuff sometimes we uh, don't like stuff but ultimately our opinions are the least consequential part of the show hopefully what you uh, gather from this is that there is vital cool stuff happening all around you at any given time and all you have to do is just uh, take a step out of your front door look around and make an attempt to engage with it so this episode is a uh, a music heavy episode, so unless you have any uh, any particularly interesting anecdotes uh, to share, I think we should just jump straight into it. No, I'm good. I uh, no, I'm good. Let's get into it. Okay, cool. So, so this is uh this is a demo listen first, but we actually have two tracks to to debut for bands this week. Um, just because I had two people hit me up and they both their release schedules just sort of both coincided around the same uh the same the same time. So we're just gonna top load the episode with the the two of those and uh, you know keep discourse on each each of the tracks pretty minimal uh, and then just move right into the queue. That way we uh, we don't neglect the uh, traditional format of the show for the sake of these premieres. Um, Luckily, we don't have too many messages. I think we only have like two voicemails, uh, so that shouldn't take up too much time. So we can just uh, keep our heads down and power through and, and, and hopefully get through a lot of music on this episode. So the first track that we're going to listen to is a, cha- a track by the uh, the legendary, if you listen to the show at this point, Jell. We mention, or at least I mention, Anthony from Jell a lot. That's because I do talk to Anthony a shit ton, and Anthony sends in a lot of really good bands. Um, he's also done now a, a, an official slash unofficial demo listen shirt that he informs me should be uh, shipping around the time that you're hearing this episode. So if you pre-ordered one of those, they should be going out within the next week or so. I'm very excited uh, to get mine and wear a shirt with my own face on it much to the chagrin of my girlfriend and uh yeah so i guess you know if you're if you're a new listener a newer listener to the show and you've heard us mention anthony from gel um many times in the past and you have not listened to gel yet this is your opportunity i have not listened to this song as of yet but it is a uh, a song off of their newest release that's coming out on atomic actions on valentine's day the pre pre-orders should be going up this week um and uh anthony saw it fit to include that it was also mixed and mastered by the uh, man himself willie killy so uh so let's just jump into it we are going to listen to a track off of the upcoming gel ep violent closure (laughs) 
right, we just heard the song Violent Closure off of the EP of the same name by Jell coming out on Valentine's Day. I've uh, I've made no secret of the fact that Jell is one of my favorite bands out right now. I think that they they deserve all of the hype of bands like Spy or Armor or Electric Chair. If you like any of those bands, I think this is very much in the same lane. Uh, it's just really, really capably done, uh, sort of mid-tempo for the most part, a hardcore with blown out reverby vocals. It's something that's very in vogue right, right now, um, which is I have absolutely no beef with because as we've said time and time again, this is the kind of stuff that occupies uh, the lane that we that we drive in for the most part. If that was your first uh, if that was your first exposure to the band, if that was your introduction, it's a strong one. It's pretty representative of their sound overall. If you like that, you'll like everything that they've done up to this point. And uh, I'm really stoked for that EP. I, I was not uh, I had no doubt in my mind that I would fuck with this and I did. Jealous is a really really good band yeah that was really good i thought that was actually better than their old stuff um the way that song went out um mm-hmm. I, I well you could hear it slowing down like you know in the back half of the song and i thought oh please don't put in like it's it's not to their style but don't put in like a fucking you know breakdown breakdown right and it didn't and it picked up and um the back half of that song was just about perfect and that main riff was really good too Yep. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, so we don't have to spend too much time on, on that. If you liked that, like I said, you'll like what they've done thus far. And I I agree with you, Nate. I do think that that's a step up from their previous material. And, uh, if you get a chance to see them live when shows do come around again, they are a, uh, a really great live act too. Uh, so definitely go catch them if you, if you're in the Jersey area or they're coming through your town on tour. Um, on that note, let's uh, let's move on to the next track that we were gonna that we were gonna premiere this week. So, this one is uh, a band by the or a song by the band Public Opinion. The song that we're gonna play is "Pay No Mind." It is off of their uh, release of the same name that just came out on Convulse Records. Um, so, I've known the main the main dude, the main songwriter in this band, Kevin, for a, a really long time. We met when I was uh, on tour out in Olympia many many years ago. Um, and, uh, I saw him play in like his solo project up there. He played on a show that I, that I was doing. And then I saw his hardcore band at the time play with gag and, uh, scary man and neutron rats up there. And, uh, we've just maintained sort of like a distant, uh, online friendship here and there. And he actually sent me, he sent me some of the public opinion stuff that he was working on a while back and I really enjoyed it, but I haven't listened to the seven inch yet. So we are going to listen to pay no mind off the seven inch of the same name by public opinion.
right, we just heard the song Pay No Mind off the seven inch of the same name by Public Opinion. And yeah, that was really good. That was uh, that was in line with the stuff that Kevin had sent me a while back. It's just uh, garagey punk stuff. It's a style of music that I generally enjoy when it's well done. I think that was well done. I think I told him at the time that I heard the uh, previous stuff that he sent me that it felt very reminiscent of the hives for me. I uh, fucking love the first couple of hives records a lot. I still revisit them frequently and they were uh, very formative records for me. They're some of the records that I taught myself how to play guitar to. I think this is very much in that vein and it's very much in the tradition of uh, punk dudes playing garage rock with uh, with a little bit of a, a, a hardcore undertone in there. And uh, yeah, this worked very well for me. I liked that a lot. I'll definitely listen to the rest of the seven inch. Nate, how'd you feel about it? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I had seen that they had had this coming for a few days, but they didn't have any tracks up when I looked at it the other day. Yeah, that was really good. Fits the uh, Convulse record label well. Yeah, for sure. And uh, also shout out to Convulse. Uh, we've I've developed a nice little relationship with uh, with Adam. Um, he, I think he sent this stuff our way as well. He might not have been aware that Kevin is, or, had already arranged for us to play it. Um, but uh, Convulse is doing a really cool thing. They are staying super, super busy. I know that they have a couple, a couple releases coming up this year that are that are super, super rad, and that I'm actually personally very stoked about as well. Um, I'm always just psyched when uh, when small labels catch a, catch a little wave and like write it and instead of just writing it into the ground they decide to do cool shit and like keep the momentum up um when convulse first started i I feel like they started really strong um they've they've released over the last couple years now quite a few things that i dig a whole lot i mean that goon lp was was one of my favorites of uh 2019 they released that lash that rash lp last year or Mm -hmm. uh yeah that last year that drill sergeant uh ep the military gun stuff i mean they've really been killing it so uh so yeah i just i guess shout out to convulse i uh i'm always i'm always stoked when i see a, a small diy label just uh succeeding at what they're doing so yeah that stud count cassette is really good too there's a lot of good stuff on that label yep for sure so uh okay let's uh let's jump into the queue then the queue proper we got uh we have a very we have a a very diverse queue this week i think that's kind of been uh the case recently in general and it's cool to see so the first thing that we have up is crow killer this was sent in by colton um listeners to the show might recognize colton's name because he's been consistently sending in stuff from the slc area um, which is where he lives and just trying to big up stuff from his area so crow killer is a band whose name i have seen around probably because they're on new age records um and i know new age is kind of having a a bit of a a renaissance right now um they're having a bit of a second wind where they're releasing a lot of new records for the first time in a long time this last few years which has been interesting to see to tell you the truth i haven't really rocked with a whole lot of the new stuff that they've been putting out um but you know maybe crow killer is an exception i haven't checked this stuff out then we have got disco's machete disco's machete with after bolt bike i guess is after bolt bike marxist agitation um this was sent in by john from the path who uh sends in international releases weekly don't know anything about this. Then we have got... Oh, okay, so the band is Disco's Machete. I thought for a second yeah. that might be the label. Um, no, the band is Disco's Machete. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so then next up, we have Groin with Greatest Hits. Uh, Josh from this band sent it in, and he said that uh, he thinks that Groin is the band who has been in the queue the most times, but has never actually been played on the show. Well, someone's keeping track. 
Yeah, well, he's keeping track, evidently. He uh, he he said he wanted to try and resubmit this one last time before it passes the one year mark on January twenty okay. eighth. In, in four days, this will be a year old. So, uh, best of luck to you, Josh. Maybe the dice will favor you tonight. Then we have got Sidestep with Heavy Sleep. This is a new single from this band. Uh, this is a project by my homie Naraya from Louisville. He, uh, he, he plays in the band Prime, who we've had on the show. We had Prime in one of the earliest episodes of the show, and then we played their new stuff when it came out last year. This is uh, a side proje- project of his that I actually had through at my house um, in 2019, I want to say. And it's just uh, it's like shoegazy stuff. I haven't listened to this new track yet. Then we have got Silk Tail with Vapor. This was sent in by Jacob Weston. He did not provide any context for it, just the link. I don't know anything about this. Then we have got a submission from our homie Vomax, Micah from Indy, a longtime friend of both Nate and uh, and myself. This is Research Reactor Core. Um, this is a band who just like somehow slipped by me their existence didn't slip by me i knew that they existed um but i just didn't listen to this i I saw a bunch of people big upping this last year and it looks and sounds exactly like something that i would listen to and love but uh, i just didn't get around to it micah said that this is one of his most listened to of 2020 so and micah hates almost everything so that's a pretty glowing review in and of itself yeah, this I I th- I'm pretty sure I've heard this. Um, uh-huh. It makes sense that Michael would like it if it if it is what I remember it sounding like. Um, this label, Erste Thicky Tontrager, or however you pronounce that, mm-hmm. it's a label that consistently puts out good stuff, and we've had stuff on here like that. Um, or did we have Dumb Spell on here? Um, I think we did have. Uh, if we didn't have Dumb Spell on here, we might have had him on like a Patreon episode. But I know we've at least mentioned Dumb Spell, and and yeah. that LP is really good. Yeah, and they they put out you know the power plant people in the sun, yep, um, and arse you know, that, that arse record, and, yep, and they've put out a bunch of good stuff. I always forget about this label. I don't know why. I, I think maybe I get them confused with uh, La Vida S and Moose. Yeah, maybe, maybe. You know, because um, it's you know I I don't know, but um, yeah, they always put out good stuff. But uh, yeah, I just kind of forget about them. Yeah, for sure. I think they do a lot of European issues of non-European yeah. records, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I haven't I haven't checked this out, but uh, it seems like it's right in my lane. Micah said it's like uh, Devo esque stuff mixed with some some of the later sort of like rock and roll influenced uh, rupture material. So, I mean, that sounds like uh, scarcely anything that I could like more, honestly. Micah, um, ha- Micah had a record collecting quest to own every rupture release, and I think he does or did mm-hmm. at one point. Um, yeah, cracking down and paying exorbitant fees, even for the really rare stuff. So, you know, Word. I get it. And honestly, if this record sounded exactly like Cunt of God, I'd say it's the second best punk record of all time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so next up, we have another submission from one of our good and longtime friends, Adam Walker. This is uh, the band Paranoid Without Raising Hell. This is a band who I just have somehow missed listening to uh over these low these many years that they've been around they are a swedish like db band that is influenced by japanese db so so if if you're maybe not as familiar with this world as as some um there is this really strange phenomenon where like you know db started with discharge in the early 80s in the uk and it filtered through to 
Sweden and Finland and the Scandinavian countries. And then that filtered through into Japan. And there are Japanese bands who specifically emulate the Swedish style of D-beat and even attempt to sing songs in Swedish. Um, so this is now like a reversal or a next step of that, where a Swedish band is taking influence from Japanese D-beat bands that initially took influence from Swedish D-beat bands and right. are singing songs in Japanese, which I think is fucking great. Right. Um, it's, it's like holding a mirror up to another mirror. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is, uh, this is D beat inception. So, uh, so yeah, I know this band has been around forever and it's probably right up my alley, but it's just one of those things I've just never gotten around to checking out. Then next up we have the cunts with Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt. Uh, this was submitted by AJ. It just came out at the end of 2020. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I have never heard of it before, but it appears to be supported by a whole lot of people. So I guess it's popular with some crowd or another. Then we have got Hellish Inferno with their demo. This was submitted either by Ali or Ali. I don't know. It's in print. It's hard to tell. Um, they either way, they said they are a big fan of the show, and this is uh, this is sort of like a DB project, just like a, a quarantine recording project um, between uh, Ali and or Ali and Mike, and it's based out of uh, Oakland, California. And then last up, we have Contaminate with Blood Hunger. This is their demo. It was sent in by Chris Campbell, who in his uh, email said that Richmond, Virginia is the greatest, the greatest city for punk and hardcore ever. Um, an argument could certainly be made. It's, it's definitely up there. It is, uh, it's, earned its, it's earned its place in, in the hardcore canon, that's for, that's for sure. He sent in a handful of bands from Richmond, um, but I just picked this one out because it was the first one up. And uh, I, it's, it's coming out on, or it just came out rather at the beginning of the year on 11 p.m., which is, uh, which is promising because 11 p.m. pretty much only puts out shit that rules. So, If, if you're talking per capita, he might be right about Richmond and the Richmond yeah. area, right? For sure, man. Yeah. You know, New York, of course, because it's just a mega city and, you know, San Francisco and and L.A. and stuff like those are just mega cities. Of course, they're going to be in the map when you talk about like lots of important bands. But fucking hell, Richmond is a is a is a is a pimple on the ass cheeks of those bigger cities. And uh, just go back into the, you know, go back 30 years and think about all the bands that come out of Richmond. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, I think I think a, a strong argument argument could be made for that for sure. So uh, let's go ahead and roll the dice and see what's up first. All right, ten. All right, cool. That's the contaminate demo. This is something I was going to listen to anyway. Um, so this is called Blood Hunger, and the uh, the the intro track is called Blood Blood Hunger Forever. So we'll just go with that. So we're going to listen to Blood Hunger Forever off the Blood Hunger demo by Contaminate. Forever. I can't 
All right, so that was Blood Hunger Forever off the Blood Hunger demo by Contaminate. If you like anything that 11PM has put out, then you like that. If you like Protocol, Armor, Adderall, Sniper Culture, take your fucking pick, uh, then you like that. That is very much in line with uh, everything that 11PM puts out, and it was uh, very much up to the same quality, in my opinion. Nate, how'd you feel about it? Just basically noisy, straightforward, aggressive, hardcore. Uh, not Not a lot of bells and whistles to it. Uh, yep. pulling a lot from like DB. It's definitely in line with those other bands. Um, it says here, uh, members of Jackal, Nosebleed, and Deviant. Um, okay. So that makes sense as well. As, you know, I especially hear like the Jackal in there. Oh, for sure, um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where you just don't like hardcore if you don't like this, right? Yep. It's um, it, it 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 hits a lot of switches. It 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 um. There's just not a lot of bad to say about it, and it falls right in line with other stuff that is basically uniformly good that uh, is very popular right now. Um, who knows what's going to happen? You know, I wonder what's going to happen in, like, five five years, right? I yeah. mean, everything's going to come and go. This shit's going to go. You know what I mean? It's, it's just the way it happens. But what comes up next, right? Yeah, I'll be interested to see. Uh, the, the, those cycles move faster than ever. So like, that's both bad and good because if something that you really like goes out of vogue, just wait three years and it'll be back. You know? Yeah, they do. They do go fast. I think maybe it's maybe it's not that they go faster because you know we think like go back to like you know the golden era of hardcore that was fucking like four years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know what yeah. I mean? In the early eighties, it's just that there weren't literally hundreds and thousands of bands doing it around the world. Right. Yeah. And so I don't know if it necessarily goes faster. It's just that it gets, it gets overrun very quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just yeah, cause sure. it's getting overrun doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad or anything like that. It's just, I don't know. It, it, it plays, it seems like it plays through a cycle because you hear so much of it. Right. Um, so I don't know. But yeah, this is basically uniformly popular. If I'd have heard this in, you know, 1995, I'd have liked it. If I'd have heard it in 2000, you know, I'd have liked it. This is this is that uniform this has that like timeless uniform sound. Uh uniformly good sound. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I don't have much else to add about that. Uh it's just really really good straight up hardcore. Hard to find beef with this. Very good, very much in line with what uh, what 11 p.m. is putting out, and um, definitely going to check out the rest of this. It's uh, the cassette is already sold out, which is unsurprising. Um, but uh, hopefully, they do a second press, and maybe I can get my hands on this because I really dig it. Yeah, um, and, and the uh, another good release I just wanted to like um, give a little nod to that came out on 11 p.m. recently is that Black Button um, EP. Uh, it's on tape right now. That's really good too. It's it sounds like if Born Against were an 11 p.m. band. Damn, that's sick. That's a that's a, that's a glowing review right there. I like, haven't listened to that yet, so I'll check that out. I I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, I I mean from the packaging, I'm getting strong Born Against vibes. The, sure. The, yeah. the um, I guess the topics of the you know the the theme of the lyrics and it yeah it just reminded me like if Born Against were a modern 11 p.m. band. Yeah, that's sick. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds uh, very much in my lane for sure. Um, all right, let's uh, let's roll the dice and hear the next thing. Three. Oh man, Groin made it. They made the fucking cut, at the dude. Buzzer. Congrats! At the buzzer, because <laughs> at the, yeah, this, this is the, the last chance they can get on. 
Yep, for sure. Then they did it. So, uh, all right. So we're going to listen to Groin off of uh, their they, they release Greatest Hits. The Bandcamp is groinaz.bandcamp.com. Um, I'm not sure if a particular song was recommended to us, but the first song is queued up to play, so we can just go with that. Sure. Um, they they are a self-described, self-described grindcore band, so, uh, so let's find out. So we're going to listen to God of Worms by Groin off of their release Greatest Hits. We just heard the song God of Worms by Groin off of their release, Greatest Greatest Hits. And that was a a very unexpected mix of things. Nate, what how'd you feel about that? Yeah, I think it was okay. Um they're definitely, yeah, they were bringing in a lot of like some of the tropes, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, some. It wasn't bad. I wish it were noisier. I yeah. always want stuff like this to just absolutely fucking peak on everything and just be so over the top. Um, so I wish it were noisier. Um, it, if I, okay, this is one, this is one of those bands that if I saw them live in a basement, I would think that band is really good, but just yeah. listening to them and, you know, not knowing them sight unseen, just listening to them. I'm going to say it was okay. Yeah, for sure. I guess the thing that kind of shocked me about it was like the the meat of the song felt a whole lot more just kind of like burly, heavy hardcore um, yeah. with like kind of little bits and pieces of grind inserted into it, which I mean, frankly, is is fine because we've we've spoken at length about um, just our our fatigue, our grindcore fatigue. Um, so so that's fine. Uh, it, it's it's a welcome change of pace, just not one that I was necessarily expecting. But I think keeping the songs short and uh, keeping that that. I mean, just focusing on brevity keeps that formula from getting uh, very stagnant and boring very quickly. Um, so I think it worked for me because it came in at under a minute long. But yeah, I think ultimately I arrived at the same place as you did. Um, this is okay. This is fine. If I saw it live, I would probably be more impressed by it as long as they were playing tight and keeping it short and, and, and sweet and to the point. Um, don't have any beef with that at all, but not necessarily something I would I would seek out and actively listen to on my own time. But uh, not anything I'm going to make somebody turn off if it's if they put it on in the car either um had some catchy moments um as you as you mentioned it brought in a few of those kind of classic grindcore tropes that uh i think honestly would be would be better off being put to rest the cookie monster vocals um i don't think those those are serving anybody at this point in 2021 um yeah, but so. uh but they weren't they weren't like offensively overdone um so yeah all in all there you go, groin for all of your effort. You got a you got a middling reaction from a couple of idiots. I, I hope yeah. I hope all the I hope all your effort was worth it. Now, I think that this would have been like 
I feel like this would have been right at home on a label like Satan's Pimp. Okay, um, 20, yeah. 20 years ago or something like that. Because Satan's Pimp sure. put out like Spaz. They put out Gob and stuff like that. They put out Scalp Lock. Um, yeah. Dead Bodies Everywhere. This this was – so that's the band that I was trying to think of, and that's why I looked up Satan's Pimp. This mm-hmm. had a lot of Dead Bodies Everywhere vibe to okay. me. Where it was kind of grind, kind of PV, and, and just kind of like just scummy, like tough hardcore. Yeah, that, for sure. That, that Dead Bodies Everywhere stuff, that LP, if you revisit it, it's pretty good, but it straddles a line between being – catastrophically bad and like awesome in places right yeah yeah and just after hearing one song of groin i kind of got a dead bodies everywhere vibe from that and yeah i think they would have fit on like satan's pimp probably 20 years ago yeah for sure um ultimately i think this is uh this is a style of music that's hard to place in a particular um a particular time frame this this could this could exist from uh in any period from basically the moment of like pv's exception uh, inception to to now so in uh in that sense i guess i guess you're winning you know what i mean it's uh it's good to create something that is uh that is hard to date to a, a particular era so um so i guess good on you groin we don't uh, we don't hate this we thought it was pretty okay yeah i mean <laughs> so, like i said live live i think the noisiness and just the chaos of it would have come across more this was a little sterile in recording for me for sure. Um, also, if 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 this is to if if their Bandcamp is any indication, I guess this is their first their first release. Um, and if that's the case, yo, that's a that's a that's a For that's sure. a solid effort right out the gate. You know what I mean? Hey, that's a proper that's a proper release with nine songs. I mean, it's probably eleven and a half minutes of music. You know, sure. that's a proper release. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's keep it moving. Uh, six. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six is Paranoid. This is a band I was going to get around to listening to one way or the other, uh, so might as well be here. So the Bandcamp is pndftw.bandcamp.com. The release is Outraising Hell. This is their newest LP. It came out in uh, September of last year. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to fuck with this, especially considering it was recommended by Adam Walker, whose taste site typically align with we have some yeah. we have some disagreements certainly but usually if you recommend something it's probably not going to suck um so i guess let's uh let's just listen to the first song on here it looks like it's about the the play the playtime of the rest of the tracks on here um and they have it queued up so we're going to listen to uh something that will not do any any justice in the don't pronunciation even don't even bother right <laughs> kaimai serioku <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to listen to that song by Paranoid off their LP by Outraising Hell. Or fuck, I'm going to kill myself. We're going to listen to that track by Paranoid off of their LP Outraising Hell.
right, we just heard the first song off of the LP Outraising Hell by Paranoid, and I am indeed a fucking moron for sleeping on that for the last nine years. This shit fucking rips. It, like, occupies that nebulous space uh, that straddles the lines between, you know, early black metal, speed metal, D-beat, hardcore, um, and uh, it does it. In, incredibly well this is uh this is very very good i i'm gonna i'm not only going to listen to the rest of this record but i'm going to go back and check out their previous records because i really really liked that in in, in terms of bands playing this style uh of of sort of d-beat metal punk shit in the classic vein this is uh this is about as well done as i've heard it in quite some time nate how'd you feel about it yeah, this is pretty good. I want to th- I want to say that I have heard this band before. Probably not, but I, I, there's so many. You know, th- this this falls in line with like that polished. When when you graduate being like just a young agent of chaos, right? A mm-hmm. young a young uh, a young agent of chaos living the anarchy dream, right? And yeah. you start to uh, become a little more polished in your aesthetic. This is the sort of thing that you graduate into, right? This falls in, th- this is like, this isn't too far removed from like something like um, World Burns to Death, but sure, a yeah. little more rock and roll than like World Burns to Death and all that sort of stuff, you know, and the, yeah. a lot of the like D-beat stuff that I was listening to um, that would come off on like, come out on like Hardcore Holocaust in the aughts, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, pretty, mm-hmm. it's really good. I enjoy it. The artwork is fucking dope. The artwork I thought for a second was by... Uh, Joe Patanio, the guy that does motorheads and like Sodom's artwork, because it whoever did that is clearly aping that <laughs> that style. Yeah, for um, sure. You know, but um yeah, this was really good. This was super high polish. It was unusual because I couldn't tell if it was their Swedish accents as they were singing in English. Mm-hmm. Um or was it them singing in English but sounding trying to sound like they had Japanese accents? <laughs> that's a good that's that's a good question i think it was just the swedish accents personally yeah i think so i, I think that i think that maybe trying to sing in a japanese accent as um enjoyable as that is for the observer probably crosses a line i would imagine so yeah <laughs> yeah it goes it goes from homage to parody real quick <laughs> yeah yeah so i i don't know but uh yeah i like this this was this was fine this was super high polished um well done, well written. Uh, it hits the nail on the head. I'm a, I'm a little disappointed they did not sing in Japanese, though. I, I am, too. I mean, if you're going to do that, bring it full... Or, you know, at least go in Swedish, right? Sure. Don't, don't sing in stupid old English, right? Or if you are going to sing in English and you are aping those Japanese bands, then sing in broken English, you know what I'm saying? But then they're making fun of Japanese people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. I guess that. Yeah. Good point. That probably does cross that Which, same line. Oh, you know, hey, you're the one doing it. I'm just laughing at it. I'm not doing it. Right? Sure. Yeah. I'm not the cops. Do it if you want to. But I, I do, do understand. Do it. Right. Yeah. I, I understand how it could be perceived to be in a little bit uh, poor taste. Is it? Is it in poor taste to laugh at that though? I mean, I'm of the persuasion that you can't help it. You you can't help what you laugh at any more than you can help who you're attracted to or help what uh, help what makes you sick to your stomach. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's a primal innate reaction. That's what I think too. I mean, you can you can try to cover it up, but we know what happens at night in the dark, right? <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, for sure. We know what happens at night in the dark. So yeah, this was enjoyable. I dug this. I I, I expected this. Adam emailed us about this a while ago, and mm-hmm. I didn't listen to it just in case it made it on to the uh, show. Yeah. Um, and uh, just looking at the artwork and looking at basically the entire layout, I kind of knew what I was in for, and it delivered. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's just the mood I'm in or what, but uh, but this just really hit me. I mean, it is, yeah, it's exactly what I expected when looking at this, and just based on how Adam described it to me, this is uh, this is precisely what I expected, and yum, and yet somehow it uh, it kind of it kind of blew my expectations out of the water. I just I, this really really hit me tonight. I, I'm really fucking with this, and uh, and am am I'm finding myself overwhelmed with the desire to immediately listen to the rest of this LP. So I'm probably going to do that at the soonest possible uh, opportunity. Opportunity. So, uh, yo, thanks to Adam for sending that in and uh, and making me finally listen to this thing that I've been neglecting for the last almost decade for a reason that is totally beyond me. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's keep it moving. Let's roll the dice. All right. Two. All right. Two is Disco's Machete. This is uh, John's weekly international submission. The Bandcamp is Disco'sMachete.Bandcamp.com. This is a band from Mexico City, Mexico. Um, the The name of the release is After Bolt Bike Dash Marxist Agitation. I mean, I guess I'm gonna you know I'm gonna assume that English is their second language. Maybe they ran this through a translator. Um, you know, either way, not the strongest title. Not doesn't stick with you per se. Um, but uh, let's uh, let's see how the music let's see how the music see, goes. That's so, why. That's I what, guess, no. So 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 Disco's Machete is the label. And oh, it is after, okay. After, after Bolt, after after Bolt e bike. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. After Bolt e z. Oh no, it's probably after Bolt uh, Chibike or Chibike. That, that's right, because you know I mean? X is actually a real letter in Spanish. Right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know actually how to pronounce that. Um, this I this is this is not my forte pronunciation right. of uh, foreign languages is not my right. form forte right. so however the fuck you pronounce that name and then the name of the record is marxist agitation Correct. the entire page you'll forgive our ignorance here because the entire page is in spanish so we just have to piece this together through context clues yeah um so all right let's uh let's just listen to the opening track on this so we're going to listen to the song manifesto off of the uh record marxist agitation by a band whose name i can't pronounce Hemos sido explotados, somos los pobres, somos los proletarios, nuestra existencia es producto del sistema capitalista, con nuestras manos construimos la riqueza, que se nos propone los dueños de las empresas, a nosotros solo nos dejan las migajas que nos quieren dar. Todo a codo, los trabajadores construiremos un mundo mejor. 
All right, we just heard the song Manifesto uh, by a band whose name I will not disrespect once again yeah, with my uh, att- my with my gringo pronunciation uh, off of their release Marxist Agitation. You can hear it at discosmachete.bandcamp.com. Nate, what'd you think about it? Uh, if I said I like that, it would I would be lying, and it would only be a participation trophy because they're from Mexico. Um, yes, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't like that. That was. That was cartoonishly bland, if you ask me. Um, yep. Cartoonishly bland. It, it was it was like the movie version of what a hardcore song would sound like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if there was if there was a hardcore band in a Marvel movie, and uh, you know, a young Peter Parker found himself in a situation uh, with a band playing while he fought Sandman outside, and everybody went outside to watch. This is the band that would be playing. Yeah, that was uh, that was Punky Chips Ahoy, oi, oi, oi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was this was just not interesting to me. Um, you know, so whatever. It's it's about it, it. It's it's it hits too many cliches, right? For sure. I mean, yes. it just hits too many cliches for me to really be into it. Um, you know, it's about you know a Marxist communist revolution. Um, obviously that's never going to happen. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? And even if it did, it wouldn't work. Nope. Um, it just wouldn't. Nope. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, you think I want the guy with the fucking, you know, FAL and the fucking Molotov in his hand on the cover in charge. I fucking think not. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> right. So, you know, like, whatever. There, there was just too much of this that was just, I don't know, too on the nose, too, um, just too stereotypical. I, I didn't, I didn't like it. It, it had an, it had like elements of things I might like, like some, you know, it was, had some oi elements in it, but it, at the sure. end it was just cartoonishly like street punk. Yeah, no, I agree for sure. There's not much more to be said about it. Um, also just a little, a little hint to our Marxist listeners. I know that this will disappoint you, but uh, you know what happens when the proletariat seizes uh, the means of control and seizes the uh, the pre-existing power structures? They become the bourgeoisie. Um, so uh, yeah, there you go. I think you really summed it up. The, from 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 talking about Marxist resolu- revolution to the cover um, to the title uh, to the sort of cartoonish. Uh, the cartoonishly over the top elements of the music, um, yeah, this was just this was just pretty lame all around. Not good. Yeah. So um, whatever. Let's uh, let's just keep it moving. It wasn't it wasn't shitty enough to dwell on either. It just wasn't. No, it wasn't enough. shitty enough for me to go off on. And I don't really feel like you know going off on uh, how stupid the pipe dream of like you know communism and a Marxist revolution is. Um, <laughs> no, but not me neither. <laughs> trust me, it is stupid and it is a pipe dream. You will see. <laughs> <laughs> all right what's next you know, just just like anarchism it requires far too much far too much self-agency and trust in your fellow man all right how For many sure. we got left six right we got six left yep one okay one is crow killer with enslaved to one crowkillerhc.bandcamp.com is where you can find this i assume that you can uh, also hear it on the new age records Bandcamp. This was sent in by Colton from SLC, who's been sending in a bunch of stuff from his area. Um, he recommended the first song on here, Castigate. 
Um, like I said, I really haven't kept up with a whole lot of contemporary new age releases. I'm kind of interested to see if, uh, if the contemporary new age stuff is in the same vein as the classic stuff or what the, uh, the description of the band on the side starts out really strong because it says they bring, bring to mind, uh, the hate thousand scene, like Congress and liar, which for me is like, fuck yeah, especially Congress. Um, and then, uh, the heavy mosh of groups like detain and vomachara. So I don't know, man, that you, yeah. you had, you had me on the first half for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it, I'm I'm just looking at it. Um, I'm gonna say up front, I probably won't like this. It's got uh, fat guys with haircuts. <laughs> I was hoodies. gonna say the same thing, dude. A fat guy with a haircut. <laughs> it's got fat guys with haircuts in hoodies eating yeah. the mic. Yeah. Um, another guy, I can tell he's fat because I can see tits, um, and I can see he's got a haircut even though he's in the background under drums. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of hoodies. Out of the five people in the picture, it looks like three of them have hoodies on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm just and, and it's on New Age, which yo New Age has some classics, right? For uh, sure. Mouthpiece, Unbroken, you know, fucking. But they also got some fucking stinkers, man. They got. <laughs> they the, have some stinkers. They have a lot of fucking stinkers. They got the first Lifetime LP. Um, you know, they've got. I would say they've got much at its best. New Age is a middling label for me. I was I was gonna say there's a, they're they're like a legacy label for good reason because there are a handful of releases they've put out that have like earned their place at the top of the hardcore canon. Yeah. But overall, overall, I think that New Age is is kind of a middling label for sure. Yeah, I mean they are they are definitely a yeah they are a long time hardcore label that. Basically just wrote, if you ask me, rode the rep really hard on a few key bands. Um, they kind of rode that for a while. And then uh, everything else on there is just, I know what I'm getting when I see new age records, uh, generally speaking. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to hear the song Castigate by Crow Killer off of their LP Enslaved to One.
All right, we just heard Castigate by Crow Killer off of their LP, Enslaved to One. Nate, how'd you feel about it? So that didn't sound like what I expected it to sound like, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I went in I went in with a different notion um, on what this was going to do. If I heard this in 1998, yeah, right, I'd have been all over this. Sure. This has a lot of elements of things that came out in the 90s that I really like. Sure. Yeah, a few. But it does something to them that I don't like. Yeah. It kind of runs it through some sort of filter and takes out, I guess, the intelligence. And Like, okay, take a band like Botch, right? You can make an obvious comparison between this band and a band like Botch, right? Sure. Especially, you know, something like We Are the Romans, you know, era Botch. Yeah. Um, that's a very like, for what it sounds like, that's a very smart record, yeah. and it's it's catchy at the same time that it's discordant and it's disjunct and it's challenging, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This doesn't have any catchy parts to it. It just has parts to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and like like that, like the very last, my ghost haunts you, but these demons are haunting me, like. That was like yet another part that was different from everything else. It just has, it. They take what I like about things, you know, from 20, 20 plus years ago that are similar to this, um, you know, take, take the unbroken out of like botch. Take the you know, and take like the catchy hardcore out of that ninety stuff, and just reduce it down to a stew of parts. Yeah, it's you. You get riff salad with a lot of these bands. Yeah, and and there's nothing there to latch onto and it's yeah there's it, just nothing there to, to 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 for me anyway to like dig into it's um it's too reductive yeah no i i agree man i think i think what happens with a lot of modern bands that attempt this style of of 90s metalcore is it it ends up feeling like algorithmic in a way it's like it's like what would happen if uh if if you ran like if you ran those bands through autotune or something it's like it's yeah. very strange and i mean that in like a metaphysical sense not in a literal yeah. sense um it's it's like if you told an ai to write a bloodlet song <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. it's just yeah it's i i don't i don't know i think there's just something lost in translation with with a lot of new bands um that attempt to do this and it's just very rare i think I, it's very rare that they land on something that feels familiar and it feels like um a true recreation of of what was going on like there have been uh, there have been a few instances in which uh in which we've heard some bands on the show that have hit uh that band inflict from florida comes to mind yeah um they had that like three song demo i don't think they ever did anything else that i'm aware of but it was killer and it it totally recreated this era of stuff faithfully but in a way that still felt like it was young kids doing it and it felt very energetic i don't know if maybe it's just that like the musicianship of a lot of these bands is solid but they don't have the same sort of i mean so many of those bands that 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 bands like this contemporary bands like this are referencing were playing this like hyper frenetic unhinged form of art of hardcore that that contains an element that we've talked about on the show a, a lot in which they felt like bands that were playing at the upper limits of their ability. And a lot of the songs felt like they could fall apart at any moment. Um, and I, I think maybe that's an element that's missing in a lot of contemporary iterations of this. Um, it just feels like 
it feels very computerized. It feels very sterile. It feels very much too formula, but it's just like this, it's like this distant ghost of a thing that was once great. And I can't really beef this particularly because like, as you mentioned, it does contain a lot of elements of things that I do enjoy and have enjoyed for basically the entire time that I've been into hardcore, but it just runs it through some sort of filter that makes this feel remote and and unavailable and inaccessible to me. And I, I typically, I've heard a lot of bands doing this in the last five years or so, and it's the, it's the rare one that I really connect with. Yeah. You know, like they mentioned Congress in the little write up there. Yeah. I guess I see, I see that there, but like, um, you know, I'm not terribly familiar with Congress aside from like the, what is it? Uridium and then Mm -hmm. anger at the sun. Yeah. Which is way different than this. Um, for sure. Maybe Congress is doing something a lot, a lot different around, you know, 99, 2000 and, 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 you know, early aughts. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I don't know. I, I hate to, you know, obviously I don't know these, we don't know these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, they, I guess I could see people really getting into this, but definitely, um, for me, maybe it's the, the, the references that they're pulling from aren't necessarily like the roots of something that sounds like this, but like the second or third generation of shit that sounds like this. Yeah. That might be the case as well. You know, and I don't know. So whatever, I guess it was fine. Um, but I just rather listen to fucking botch. <laughs> For sure. I, I think, I, I think it can be reduced down to like, I, I guess the problem is probably us on this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because like, yeah, we I haven't mean, really said anything bad about this. And I think, I think especially as for people like kids, younger kids who are getting into hardcore via other forms of heavy music that maybe aren't hardcore, but are in the same general wheelhouse, this kind of stuff in general is like a, a pretty excellent entry point, And it definitely serves as the gateway drug to a lot of stuff for a lot of kids. Like there are young folks that find this, very easily easy to jump into from other forms of sort of adjacent heavy music and i think uh i think bands like this serve a sort of a vital role in that sense but but yeah for whatever reason this kind of stuff just misses me but i'm not mad at it you know what i mean i would definitely stand in the back and watch a set of this stuff and 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 watch kids go off to it and be like yeah they played a solid set but uh you know i don't know they just uh i don't connect with it It is what it is yeah I think that if for me, it's just age and distance from it. I mean, like I said, if I heard this in 97, 98, I'd fucking go nuts. Um, But I dropped off of stuff like this um, probably about the time when bands that these guys are pulling from, you know, were picking up. Um, So it's just not, it's not in my, uh, I I don't have a modern frame of reference for it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, let's uh let's keep it moving. We are we're fucking burning through them tonight. Two. All right. Two is one I was kind of interested in just because I have absolutely no idea what to expect. The band is Silktail, the record is Vapor. You can find this on smogmoonrecordings.bandcamp.com. This came out uh at the first of the year. It is a three-song EP that appears to be sold out in all of the formats that it was available. Um, they had a limited edition seven inch lathe cut vinyl. Um, <laughs> and so that's, that, that I guess explains why it is sold out <laughs> because it's, 
it ain't hard to sell out 30 records. There were 30 um, of them and probably 22 of them actually sold one up for sale and weren't given to, you know, other folks. Right. I, yo, I got a, I got a fucking, I got a little trick for uh, a little hint inside insider info, a little secret for you bands that are pressing up hyper limited runs of like lathe cut seven inches and shit. Just don't tell people how many there are, just say they're limited. And then when it sells out, people will go, Ooh, Ooh, ah, wow. They must be very popular and they'll never yeah. know there was only 30 sold. That's right. That's right. Um, so and this one is a of band- them is an Oasis cover. Is one of them actually an Oasis cover? Oh yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> I mean, I fucking love Oasis, but I'm I'm certainly not scrambling to hear bands cover Oasis. I'll tell you that much. Um, so I guess we'll just listen to to the uh, the the uh, eponymous track on this. So we're gonna listen to Vapor off of the EP of the same name by the band Silktail.
All right, we just heard the song "Vapor" off of the seven-inch of the same name by the band Silktail. Nate, would you uh, would you like me to lead on this? You want to go into it? What do you want to do? I get a feeling that you really like this. That's what I'm going to say. I didn't actually. I didn't really you like didn't. this. No. Okay, go ahead, lead. I'm interested. Okay, uh, so so this this actually kind of occupies a similar space for me as the previous band that we heard crow killer not in any sort of sonic similarity or anything like that but in the sense that it very much feels like the distant echo of a thing that i like it feels like something that i really enjoy filtered through um some sort of process that makes it suddenly inaccessible to me even though it contains elements of things i enjoy a whole lot um you know looking at the alive cover on here the oasis cover and hearing that song, it makes perfect sense. I, I see how uh, fans of Oasis could arrive on this sound. Maybe it's just because I was very close to a lot of bands doing this or the precursor to this when I was playing a lot more shows in spaces that were not traditionally punk and hardcore when I was when I was off doing my indie rock shit. Um, but this style of music specifically, this iteration of this type of like hyper accessible pop infused indie rock, it kind of became the genre du jour for pop punk kids to sort of graduate to after they got tired of playing shitty pop punk songs. And they always do this style of sort of contemporary poppy indie rock that claims in all the write-ups that it's drawing from all the right bands that would lend you cred with all the right people like sunny day real estate and dinosaur jr as they're credited in the write-up below this release but like to discerning ears the similarities between those bands and what you just heard is like pretty they're pretty i mean they're not even worth mentioning the sonic similarities the overlap there is is really not significant um to my ear a lot of these bands just sound like a weird halfway point between like forever 21 rock and the pop punk that these bands are tr typically trying to leave behind in their past and i and i say that with not a whole lot of ire or hate in my heart i think a lot of the time it's a laudable effort and i i, I certainly applaud anybody who's trying to move on uh from playing a far more childish form of music and graduate into something that feels more fully realized that feels more uh rewarding to you as a creator and I don't think this is a bad attempt. I think it was really competently played, but just this style of this particular style, this this style of this particular subsect of indie rock, it just always misses me. It, it always feels hyper sterile. It always feels very phoned in, and it just feels like it's half stepping. It's just not. It's not touching any of the points uh, or like none of it just like none of it catches me man it's like yeah i guess this is like brit pop in influenced contemporary alt rock but like i don't know it it feels very uh sort of just like mall it's just mall rock man i i don't know i just uh i, I don't connect with it what how'd you yeah. feel about it Nate? so i wanted to like this better than i did yeah um yeah, I I definitely felt I did the, the mall thing, right? The mall thing definitely. What was that other band we had? I said it was like if you want to hear a song while shitting in the mall, this is what you're going to hear. <laughs> I um, can't I can't remember. I can't Sugar recall. Uh, yeah, it might have been Sugar Pill. Yeah, it was it was one of those bands, and this falls in with that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, it's not offensive. Um, 
so and, and like this draws some things that I think have a lot of like if this were to lean much heavier into like the My Bloody Valentine like fucking airy fuzzed out guitars and just sure. like you know put and, and put the um uh um put the female vocalist a little more up in front for me yeah yeah definitely um that would have made a big difference for me for sure um, yeah this. This doesn't feel it doesn't feel organically attached to the things yeah. that I like that right. um you know are similar to this, right? Like mm-hmm. I heard my bloody Valentine in there a bit picked up and poppy and that sort of thing with like just the soaring, you know, fucking sweepingness of it. Yeah, um sure. obviously D Jr. is probably because of the fuzzed out guitar tone, right? Sure. Yeah. There's not a lot of D Jr. in that song beyond that. Um so, yeah, like I wanted to like this a little better than I did just because of the things that I could hear in it. But in the end, it was a little too slick. Yeah. It was yeah. a little too, a little too, uh, a little too, um, well, to make another movie reference, it was just a little too made for TV, like slick for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. This is, this know. is the, this is the alt rock band in the background of an episode of Gilmore girls, you know? Yeah. And like, this is the, it's fine because this is basically universally hard to shit on. Right. I mean, for sure. Yeah. You and I heard this. It's not like if we saw this band live, it's not like, what the fuck is this bullshit? No, right? no, not at all. No, not like, at all. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get pissed off about it. And I'd probably watch right. Yeah. Sure. Um, for a little while and then I might move on. But like, it's not like if I saw him live, I'd fucking dip right away. I'd check him out and see what was going on. But there would be there would be too many nice, normal people in the fucking crowd. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's too broadly appealing to like it, it's been it's been watered down enough to be too broadly appealing for me. Um, right. Yeah. 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 That it loses its connection to the things about it that I, I maybe like. And I don't know. I've never listened to other stuff. And I will say that um, this sort of stuff would sound like absolute shit on a fucking lathe cut. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's no like doubt that, about that. That is definitely the wrong format for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yes, there are yeah. certain things that could work on a fucking lathe cut. A lot yeah. of the things that we like would l- work on a fucking lathe cut. This would not. Yeah, that's that is without any doubt for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. We've talked about like uncanny valley hardcore on the show before, which is a term that that uh, I borrowed from Axe to Grind because I think it does just an excellent job of describing things that to the outside observer, to the uninitiated, look nearly identical to the things that we enjoy. But for those in the know, there's just something off about it. And to me, a lot of the the sort of alt-rock bands that fall in this world, it's the same thing. It's, unca- it's Uncanny Valley alt-rock. It's like, um, you know, this doesn't sound altogether different from contemporary alt-rock bands that have a whole lot of credibility in, in, in punk and hardcore circles, like a band like Narrowhead or something. You show this to a normal-ass person uh, next to any number of bands like that, even next to a band like maybe Bug or something, I'm right? Say Big Bite, yeah, Big know. Bite. Sure, like it's the the differences, the the sonic differences at first glance um, are are honestly pretty negligible. Um, but there's just something about it that just doesn't 
that just misses me, man. It's just, it feels, it feels distant. It feels different than those things that I do enjoy. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to really quantify that, but I got no, I have absolutely no desire to shit on these kids. I think that they're, uh, they're, they're doing a solid thing. They're, they're probably achieving precisely what they want to. And I'm sure a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that are listening to this show are probably going to enjoy this just fine. So I got nothing bad to say about it. It just, uh, just did not connect with me. Yeah, it was just a couple steps too far removed. If it if it was one more, I think if it was one more step removed, like if it just, it would have definitely crossed the line for me. Um, yeah, for sure, for sure. At that point where I'm just like, you know, fuck this bullshit. But you know, it, it's fine. Like I said, I'd probably watch it live. Um, but um, so would virtually everybody, every other, so would virtually everybody else in the world. Um, right. at least the United States. So yeah. I think that maybe is part of its fault for me. For sure. All right. So do you want to pivot to voicemails and maybe make it a, a, an under two hour episode? Do you want to roll the dice and try and hear one more thing? What do you want to do? Let's, let's go for one more. We only have, you said like one or two voicemails. Um, yeah, yeah let's go for one more. It's, we, we got loads of time. What could for go sure. wrong? <laughs> Indeed. What could go wrong? All right. So let me, uh, well, how many do we have left? Five? Uh, no, we've got four. Oh, damn. We're down to a D4. Okay. Three. All right. This is the cunts. Um, the band camp oh. is, is cunt with a K. Cunt is and the gang the band camp cunt com. And the gang? Well, cunt and the gang is, is the name of the band camp, but the, the artist name on here is the cunts. The cunts, yes. So I, I mean I don't know if if this is uh, if this is like a a, a, a um, purposeful reference to Chubby in the gang. Um, I mean, the blank and the gang is a is, is a long time is a long standing trope. So it's not like Chubby blank and the and gang the blank, came up yeah. with that, right? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. So I don't know if that's just coincidental that they both happen to be from the UK or what that, what that, or, or 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 what. But the. Uh, the, the the description is interesting. Cotton the Gang is the UK's foremost minor internet hit singer and Edinburgh Fringe Award winning comedy act, probably best known for their UK top 75 hits, Fuck Sticks and Use My Arsehole as a Cunt. Oh, and not forgetting <laughs> that Jimmy Savile song. Not in asterisks, not an award for being funny or any good. Yeah, um, so so if 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 there something did have the potential to go wrong, I think it might be this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think maybe so. Um, so I think we have to listen to the eponymous track on this, even though it's only 59 seconds long. And I guess if it leaves us, if it leaves us hungry for more, we can check out more. So we're going to listen to Boris. Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt off of the EP of the same name by the cunts. Come on, we, we, let's just get to a different song. What'd you say? Let's just get to a different song. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Uh, fair I'm enough. 33 seconds in. I know exactly what's going to happen, right? Dun, 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 dun. That's how it's going to fucking end. <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Do we want to listen to the second song instead? Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to hear uh, That's Why I Voted Brexit. heard that's why i voted brexit by the cunts off of their ep boris johnson is a fucking cunt and uh, i just want to make it make it known here that uh aj submitted that and it it makes perfect sense because it's right in line with the sort of non sequitur insane rants that aj leaves on the voicemails it's like it makes sense that they would have submitted something that would only be funny to british people specifically that is a highly specific critique of, of British culture and British politics. And that even to most sort of like actual British punks or hardcore kids would be of no interest at all. 
Um, to, to, to imagine how AJ even arrived at this, let alone felt that it was worth submitting to the show is truly, it's a mind boggling thing to try to process and, and, and work out in my brain. I couldn't begin to tell you why this ended up in our submissions, but to know it came from AJ somehow makes it all make perfect sense. I, I have no feelings about that at all because I have no fucking feelings about the UK political process, nor am I privy to the intricacies of their uh, of, of the day to day life of uh, the day to day life of the British citizen. Right. So this is evidently it's obviously spoken from the perspective of a person of a of a UK redneck who voted for Brexit. This is like the UK equivalent of somebody writing a song from the perspective of a Trump voter, which is something that I would be interested in 0%, even as like a supposedly funny parody. It's like fucking NPR and, or in this case, BBC humor. It, I, yeah. I have, <laughs> I, I'm sure we'd hear the Capitol steps performing this on uh, an NPR special. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. So no, this is, yeah, this is, I, this is beyond, this is, this ain't punk. This no. ain't hardcore. No, right? what this the fuck? Is, this is uh this is just fucking uh, this is just this this is the stupidest thing we've had on the show. One hundred percent. Yes. Yep. Because like, yep. you know, we didn't we didn't get King Cobra. But that's because right. we didn't know King Cobra. Right, exactly. Right? Once we know King Cobra, we get it, right? Yes. And yes. he's a real one, and I get it now, okay? Yeah. I appreciate it now. Mm. This, yeah, I, this ain't real. I mean, I don't know. It's, I'm not even talking about it musically, right? I mean, it's, you, you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost cartoonishly like a British pub rock. Um, yes. With just really fucking stupid very extremely specific topical lyrics yes full of dad humor full of full of dad humor about sex and there is almost nothing i find less funny than sex jokes almost yeah. nothing for sure yeah and when you sure. package that up in uh in something like this no come on how how can you feel any way about this right like mm -hmm. i'm trying to get worked up about it as i look at a picture of uh cunt in the gang or whoever this guy is with his wig on mm -hmm. and you know it's like th this might as well be from a different planet for sure uh, yeah the fact that it, that it even came across our desk at all is is really baffling yeah um, you know so it's 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 just a stupid gimmick whatever i mean it's not worth the time of day nope so nope, what all. could go wrong this is what went wrong right this yep. is this is fucking what went wrong we went we went out on something that was that that compared to this is is the work of fucking geniuses, right? <laughs> yeah, right? for sure. The great the greatest fucking indie musicians of our time, right? Yeah. Compared yes. to this. And this is what we go out on. We go out on a three minute banger about minges and uh, you know, uh fucking racist tropes in a in, delivered in a uh, satirical way. Yep, for sure. I wow, think I think great. honestly I think that that's probably a fitting end for the show, right? Let's just go out on a bunch of racist tropes um <laughs> of and sex jokes. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Just right. what we just what we wanted. Right. Um, and um it's like I said it's it's that it's that dry British wit that I just don't understand. 
<laughs> so, so just because this is this is topical now, before we pivot to voicemails real quick and knock these out before we end the show, um, before. <laughs> So AJ actually messaged me a little bit ago, knowing that we were about to record the show. And AJ, I apologize that I haven't responded to it. I'm actually on a week-long ban from Facebook right now, so I can't respond to any messages that I'm receiving. Oh, what'd um, you do? I, I actually, I'm not sure what I what I did. Um, oh, you know what you did. You fucking no. know what you did. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I made it. The only thing that I can think of is I shared the demolition bingo card that somebody meant, whether that somebody made and somebody else who did the same thing also got banned right after that. So maybe the algorithm picked up something on that that they thought was offensive. Um, and I also made a joke to somebody who suggested I do something and I said something about how I'd rather put a bullet in my head. And the algorithm is like so stringent now on Facebook that it catches anything that is in violation of their terms of service and immediately bans you if you do anything. So I was going to say like, you know, this, these aren't waters that I swim in, but I was going to say like, I think it's wild that you can literally plan to assassinate people on Facebook and live stream that shit and they're okay with it. But um, you can't post a fucking stupid bingo card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nih- yeah, for nihilism, sure. Nihilism is just a step too far for the fucking computer <laughs> brain at Facebook. Right, yeah, exactly. So I'm on a band right now, so I couldn't respond to you, AJ. But AJ messaged me telling me that uh, they they had sent in some messages that they would prefer that I just delete, that I don't play on the show, that I don't play on the show, and that they're trying to turn over a new leaf and uh, and stop their rants. And, um, it, and then when I looked at, it, it was actually four messages right in a row, several of which exceeded the minute and a half mark limit that we have on messages. And I listened to one of them and it was indeed complete nonsensical drivel. <laughs> I didn't listen to the other three. I just deleted them per AJ's request. Um, so I think it's, it's fitting that we, that we went out of the, that we ended the music section of the show on a completely nonsense fucking submission that aj sent in i truly imagining what is going on in the brain of aj is 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 akin to trying to imagine what it's like to live live life um on another planet i I truly can't comprehend it yo so you can buy like this boris johnson is a fucking cunt ep there's uh-huh. like 20 different versions of it or something like that. You can yeah. buy the digital discography for 69 pounds and 49.45. Yeah. Um which translates to about $95. <laughs> that's a steal. Yeah. And that's 40% off. Um, Not bad. God, this I'm really bummed that we fucking went out on this one. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Maybe maybe there'll be something uh maybe there'll be something like mentally stimulating in the messages. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's get rid of this and let's move on. Let's fucking end it. All right. Yo yo yo. Um long-time listener, long-time caller. Cowie here, um aka Cowie Fresh, aka, AKA the doctor, aka Dr. Fresh PhD. Um I just look, this one's for Gray. Um I just realized uh, I just got my Killsurf City 7-inch um, from way back when, and uh, lo and behold, no personalized death threats. So I think I'm going to cash in um, on Gray. Give me one live on air. Um, yeah, do your worst. Check it out. Okay, word. Um, I'm sorry you didn't receive your personalized death threat. Uh, several people didn't 
that is a, a thing that became way harder to coordinate than I anticipated it being because of how long it actually took for the factory to press up the seven inch and then for James to get the seven inches out and how we actually had to like I had to actually literally mail him the death threats. It was uh, it was a nightmare. So not everybody got personalized death threats. Um, sorry about that, Kawi. Um, man, put on the spot to give you a death threat right here. That's tough. I mean, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I don't have to give you a death threat. You know what I mean? You're you're a loyal listener to Demolition. You've been given to the to the Patreon since Jump. Um, and you're calling in to try and get a death threat from from me, who you've never met in person. I mean, at this rate, I feel like you're you're on your way out anyway. You know what I'm saying? You're probably two to five years out from killing yourself at best. It sounds like. Um, I think maybe the, what I could do for you is just continue to sort of goad you slowly um, into suicide. And in that way, I am killing you uh, with my words, with my influence. Um, and I think right here uh, to a national and international audience is the best place to do it. So uh, yeah, I'm just going to say, man, if you're having any sort of inclinations, if you're having any thoughts, follow that tunnel, see where it goes. Uh, you know, Maybe reach for that loaded gun and see where the night takes you. There you go. All right, um, there you go. Uh, all right, we got one more message. Let's uh, let's listen to it and see what's up. Also, Kawi, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you, buddy. I just want to let you know that uh, I was just kidding. I was just thinking about how my old band did a, a little short tour with Anal Cunt. And during Soundcheck in San Antonio, Seth Putnam said, and I quote, if you turn up the monitors, I'm deaf. Not deaf like a regular person, deaf like a nigger. That was Seth Putnam. What a fucking guy. <laughs> I, I, I can hear him saying that. I saw, so one of one of my most memorable shows is seeing Anal Cunt and a band called Landed at the Beehive in Pittsburgh in, in, in Oakland. Um, yeah. Probably around like 97, um, mm-hmm. 98. And uh, everybody was afraid because Anal Cunt had the notoriety, you know, of, uh, of Seth Putnam. And, Everybody was afraid of him and they would say things to him and want him to play, you know, like wind chimes or gay or something like that. Right. And um, he would like, what? I can't hear you. And he'd, what? And he'd like point to his ear. I can't hear you. And, and people would like cower back expecting Seth Putnam to go all Gigi Allen on him or something like that, which yeah. um, Seth Putnam is no Gigi Allen. Um, and uh, the land had actually stole the show because as they played their last song, the singer, the vocalist started writhing on the ground and wiggling like a worm. Mm -hmm. And he wiggled across the venue through people as people moved out of the way. And he wriggled and writhed over chairs and around people. And then he wriggled. The beehive was like on the second floor, maybe the third, that was the second floor. Um, And uh, he wriggled out into the hallway and then wriggled down the stairs and continued to squirm and wriggle out onto the sidewalk down to the corner in the gutter on the street by the O. <laughs> and uh, my buddy Steve and I basically, it was, we just followed him and laughed the whole time. Um, and that was the end of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. You've, you've told me that story before. I never get tired of hearing it. <laughs> that, that is kind of seared into my memory. He just kind of like wriggled right on out the door. People thought it was odd and funny. And Steve and I, 
laughed at it and brayed at it like a couple of fucking jackasses. And we just, I think it was maybe, maybe a handful, maybe me and Steve and like eight other people followed this guy all the way out to the fucking corner in the gutter. And he just flopped around. And that was that. I think that he kind of wanted us to leave so he could stop doing that in the gutter. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like as long as you were watching, yeah, he, he, felt, he, he felt obligated. Yeah. Like he just didn't, he didn't expect the bit to go that far. Right. Right. Yes. Um, but that's what happened. That's what yeah, happened. Sure. So I, um, uh, yeah, so. I, we played with anal cunt not long before, uh, Seth died, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I don't know. He gave us some pizza and seemed friendly enough, but uh, you know, he was uh, notoriously an asshole. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that uh, nothing about that that brief anecdote is shocking to me in any way. That that entirely tracks with what you would expect from Seth Putnam. Um, running or reading interviews with him, um, he always made it sort of. Uh, he was intentionally. He was intentionally provocative. That's that's no, that's no secret. Obviously, that's sort of the entire basis of his band and his musical career. Um, he, he in several interviews I've read with him, he is he made a concerted effort to come off as if he were genuinely racist, and it was not a bit. Um, that may be the case, or it may just be his sort of Kaufman esque dedication to character. It's hard to say. Uh, either way. Seth Putnam saying the N word into the mic is uh, not not shocking in even the you know, slightest way. Honestly, like if you saw anal cunt, you would be surprised if he didn't, right? Yeah, right. Yes, yeah, like, for sure. You know, it, it would be it you it wouldn't even turn my head. He probably did. He probably fucking did that night. You know, both times that I've seen him, but like it was so expected of him that you you. You know, you wouldn't even pay attention to him, right? Right, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't even register, yeah. No, no. All right, well, we've managed to end the show on a rather God. lackluster note, you know? <laughs> yeah, I really, I, it was all, dude, as soon as I said what could go wrong, right? Yeah. It was just all downhill. Yeah, the, the, the wind really fucking came out the sails for this last 20 minutes. I apologize to any of the listeners. Uh, sometimes sometimes you have an episode where you're going kind of strong and then you just you get hobbled right at the end and you limp on out of the room. It is what yeah. it is. We've, we've wriggled our way down into the gutter and I have, uh, I, have no, I have no desire to keep on wiggling for the onlookers. So I guess we'll just sign out. Um, if you, uh, if you like the show and you want to submit music, demo listen podcast at gmail.com. Just make sure it's a year or less old. If you want to become a patron, it's patreon.com slash demo listen podcast. We have, uh, we've recently lost a couple patrons the last couple days, so we're looking to replace them. Uh, we like to keep that number right, right at the same. We don't, we don't, we don't want it to drop. You know what I mean? We need it's that. A, it's an exclusive club. And right now we're, we have three slots that are free. Right. That's right. We got a few, we got a few slots that just opened up. So jump on your opportunity while it lasts. Um, as I mentioned before, this is actually probably the best time in demolition history to, to become a patron because you're getting more content than you ever have before. Um, we just recorded the, uh, the next installment of our Napalm Death Family Tree series that should be going up tomorrow or Tuesday, whenever I get it edited. And, uh, at some point this week, I'm sure we'll be recording the, uh, the next episode of that one. It gets you access, five bucks gets you access to everything that we've ever done. And, uh, I actually checked just for the sake of doing so, and we have uh, we officially have a fucking huge back catalog of content. I think we have not including like the mixtapes, um, which we need to get back to. By the way, um, yeah, I know. we uh, we have like twenty three Patreon episodes that you can listen to now. So that is uh, a lot of content. I think the five dollar a month. Uh, I think the five dollar a month contribution. Um, 
is uh, is worth your time if you if you like listening to us ramble. And then if you want to call I, I in, will say, I, I will say in uh, full mea culpa, the last six hours of recording are terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I've gotten I've gotten reviews from listeners who have enjoyed it quite a lot, but for our own experience with the recording is undeniably I, terrible. The, the the music is an absolute fucking punisher. Yeah. And um it's a it's a fucking punisher and you can you can hear just how disenchanted we become this um, is as true. we as we journey through it. But maybe next time Bill Steer I think is really going to lift our spirits. I think so too. Uh, if you want to call and leave a message, it's 260-222-8341. As always, if you like the show, rate and review it on uh, you know, fucking Apple or whatever you listen to the show on. Tell your homies about it. And uh, I guess unless you have any thoughts to end the episode, that'll do it for tonight. <laughs>